Thank you to Audible for supporting this episode of Rogan Reasoned. Guys, I have a commitment issue with books. I buy them, I have great intentions of reading them, and yet all I have is a giant stack of unread books. But I found a solution that works really well for me. Audible. If I can't multitask it, I can't do it right now. So Audible allows me to listen to audiobooks while I'm doing another task. Cue laundry, making dinner, or working out. It doesn't stop there, though. They have a wide collection of podcasts, comedy, wellness programs, and more in their app. Discover thousands of titles and get your free 30-day Audible trial by visiting www.audibletrial.com slash roganreasoned. That's www.audibletrial.com slash roganreasoned for your free 30-day Audible trial. Additional support for this episode is brought to you by Green Envy. I don't know about you, friend, but I'm hoping to age as gracefully as possible. And this means taking care of my skin with clean, non-toxic, and plant-active products, like those from Green Envy. I've used their skincare lines for years now, and wow, seriously, what a difference. My favorites include their pumpkin glycolic peel, clear face serum, Protect Face Lotion, and Voluptuous Lip Balm. And bonus, all of their products are gluten-free, cruelty-free, and vegan. Visit my exclusive link in the show notes to find your go-to Green Envy products and use code LAURASWANS-10 for 10% off. You'll also get free shipping and three free samples on all orders of $50 or more. Hey guys, welcome back to Rogue and Reasoned. I'm your host, Laura Swan Siegman. Thank you for being here and joining me for another chat, or perhaps for our first chat together. If that is the case, welcome. I also want to mention quickly before I get distracted how appreciative I am for all of your birthday wishes, energy, and support following the last episode where I shared all the new things, the ones I can share right now at least more to come. But so many of you checked out the new website, checked my new quiz, said you were all in for a course, and left lots of double taps and comments on my posts. Big year, kids. Big year ahead, and I'm glad you're here for the ride. I also shared in the last episode that I was going to spend this chat telling you about a fucked up experience I had recently. So I'm here to do that. Before I do, I want to address something. I think you need to hear what I'm about to tell you. It might be a little uncomfortable or scary or mess up your internal bliss a bit. My response? Good. Feel that now so you don't have to choke later. The world is not generally a nice place. Call me a pessimist, but it's rooted in experience. Not all people are bad. There are a lot of wonderful humans out there. Kindness, love, and all that. But there's also a lot of dark. We have to find balance with what we see and know and decide is true. So while, again, I think you really need to listen to this, I also want to be sensitive to situations and experiences I may not, nor hopefully ever will, truly understand. I'm going to mention terms like assault, maybe abduction, human trafficking, and more. If this is triggering to you, I completely understand why it may be better for you to bow out of this chat. And this is not a regular, if you will, piece of content. So do come back for other episodes about life, business, badassery, and all the other things we talk about. 
But in growing up as the daughter of a police officer, being a police officer myself, um, I'm a former officer, and now a wife to a police officer, I feel it is important to throw in a personal safety episode once in a while. Nothing really terrible and bad happened to me. I'm safe. But that may not have been the case if I didn't have my head on a swivel. I'm not going to say I was lucky because that wasn't it. Perhaps my dad was looking down on me from the skies above or I had some other energy working in my favor. But the outcome was largely based on me tapping into my prior training, my intentional habits, and my gut. So please pay attention as I tell this story. Learn from my experience, the parts I handled well, and the areas I messed up. It might keep you safe too one day. really value my intuition, my gut instinct. I think I do a very good job of listening to it instead of trying to shove it down like many people do. We all have it, intuition, but some people just ignore really obvious messages that their brain and body are trying to tell them. Others listen. And if you want to learn more about how this plays out in real life situations, I highly recommend the book, The Gift of Fear by Gavin DeBecker. You've probably heard me mention it before if you've listened to my other episodes on this safety topic. And if you haven't read it yet, this is your reminder or your call to. But this is where my story starts. My gut. Ryan was out of town for a golf trip with some friends, so I packed up Marshall, our dog, and took him on a road trip of our own, nestling up in the woods to work and hang out for a few days. It's a route I've traveled before, and I knew exactly where I wanted to stop on my return trip home to give Marshall a potty break and a chance to stretch his legs quickly. Marshall previously was not the best car traveler, I'll be honest. He screamed the entire time, but after effort on both our parts, Marshall and I, he's come a long way and is a pretty good boy now in the car. He does, however, need the temperature of the vehicle to be around 65 degrees, two blankets in the backseat pet hammock, not one, and requires potty breaks pretty much exactly every two and a half hours. Oh, and he hates music on long trips. He prefers podcasts, but it's fine. Everything is fine. I actually prefer listening to podcasts also, and I love crime stories. I think it's a great opportunity to familiarize yourself with real-life situations, learn how other people acted and responded in challenging and dangerous scenarios, and the psychology of it is just so interesting to me. So we were driving, and I was listening to a podcast about Ed Kemper, the co-ed killer, and Herbert Mullen, another serial killer that was operating in the same area at the exact same time as Kemper, which obviously really threw law enforcement for a fucking loop. The host of the podcast was interviewing a woman who was a young college student during that time period, and she asked the woman if she felt safe on her school's campus while all this was happening in the immediate area. The woman responded, As safe as I could feel, I guess. You can never feel completely safe as a woman. True that, I thought to myself. Listen, no one is entirely safe, ever. No matter what fighting experience you have, technique, size, strength, we can all get caught off guard or be put in a losing situation. But men are most likely to commit violent crimes, and as a woman, you do have to be vigilant. Our stature is different. 
I'm not here to argue gender roles, feminism, or whatever else. Don't at me. I just don't feel that women have the luxury of letting their guards down. It is what it is to me. A few minutes after listening to this part of the podcast episode, I saw the sign for the rest area I wanted to stop at and took the exit. I immediately had, I don't want to say bad, but cautious feeling. I didn't have any facts to support it. A creepy clown wasn't trying to like wave down a ride or anything like that. It was just a feeling. And like I told you, I listened to my gut. I stopped at this rest area before. I knew the layout. It has a long winding entrance road to the lot and associated building. And you can veer left for the designated dog area and truck parking. Or you can veer slightly right to park in the regular spots. I chose right. I found that many people don't understand the concept of a leash and don't want some strange dog running up to Marshall in any way, aggressive or non-aggressive. So I try to leave space and usually opt for another part of the area. As you drift right, you see a single long row of angled spots that eventually lead back towards the highway and about two-thirds down this row before the exit to get back on the road is a smaller building with bathrooms, vending, and area information. There was an empty white utility-style pickup truck in the first spot, so I left three spots open between my vehicle and this truck, parking in spot five. They weren't numbered, but I'm trying to give you a visual, so that's what we'll call it. The next parked car was about 12 spots further down the line in front of the nearest side of the main building. So truck, three empty spots, my vehicle, 12 empty spots, next parked car. I put my crossbody bag on and exited my vehicle to the passenger side to get Marshall out of the back seat. Why did I bring my purse? Well, my purse is not just a purse to me. It's my toolkit and actually helps me to be hands-free. Always keep your hands free. It's across my body, and I don't have to hold on to it with my hands. I have a slit on the back that easily and quickly houses my phone and keys, and the interior of my purse has my wallet, chapstick, and mini hairbrush, sure. But it also has a flashlight, utility knife, first aid supplies, and a bunch of other shit. Call me a tactical Mary Poppins. Anyway, I got Marshall out on his leash, locked my vehicle, quickly slid my phone and keys into the convenient back pouch and took him no further than 30 feet away to pee on the grass. Oh, and side note, I have a regular fixed length leash. Don't fucking use a retractable one. You don't have control over that distance. You can get caught up in it. It's the perfect ligature, to be honest. And many injuries to dogs and humans have resulted from them. I wrap his leash around my left hand and wrist multiple times, subsequently keeping my dominant right hand free and kind of allow my left hand to still technically be used if needed. Hard to describe, so maybe I'll post a photo to Instagram with this episode so you can see, but hopefully you get the point. As we walked down the little sidewalk, the parking spots pushed up against. We passed a bulletin board that showed a map of a nearby hiking trail. And as I looked into the woods, I thought to myself, fuck that trail. Looks like a great place for an assault to happen and an easy way to hide a body. Marshall was on the grass for about 90 seconds, just enough to sniff and piss. And we walked back towards the passenger side of my car. I opened the front passenger door to grab his collapsible water bowl and a bottle of water and began filling it. 
His leash was still wrapped around my left hand and wrist, and I was mainly using my right hand to complete this task. Because I try to keep the habit of always looking around and being aware of my surroundings, I noticed an older white van driving into the area from that long, curvy entrance. It looked like a Honda Odyssey or Pontiac Transport, like late 90s, early 2000s, and it was driving oddly slow. I stared directly at it as I poured a bit of water and noticed it suddenly picked up speed in my direction, as if the driver had been scanning the lot for someone and made a sudden decision they were going to come towards me. I was going to be that someone. As the vehicle approached, I could see through the windshield the driver was a male, and he flipped his hand up from the steering wheel as if to kind of like wave to me. There was no front identifying plate and the rest of the windows were tinted. My gut didn't like this wave. I take this gesture from a stranger. In a strange vehicle, as an alarm, they are trying to make themselves look friendly and not dangerous or have some reason to approach you as if they were going to ask for directions. There's no reason for him to wave at me in normal circumstances. The vehicle parked in the third spot. There's that truck I mentioned in the first spot, an empty spot, this man in a van, an empty spot, and then my car. I'm standing on the passenger side with Marshall, making this suddenly uncomfortable, as this man's driver's side door is now only a handful of feet away from me. Thank you to the Lux Lens for supporting this episode of Rogue and Reason. Friends, the right presets, adjustments, and overlays can take a photo from decent to damn. My favorite editing tools come from the Lux Lens. And I use their resources daily to help me create incredible images for not only my own brands, but for my photography and business clients as well. See their presets in action for yourself by following them on Instagram at the Lux with an E lens. And be sure to click on my exclusive link in the show notes for 15% off your next purchase. Quick question. Do you know what kind of solopreneur you are? Yep, there are types. Visit www.lauraswansiepen.com or click the link in the show notes and take my quick, less than three-minute quiz on my homepage to find out what solopreneur you are most like. Your results will also give you instant feedback on the resources that might be helpful to your brand. Come on, you know you're curious. Dive into the quiz and get your solopreneur type at www.lauraswansiepen.com. Remember, there were a ton of empty spots past my vehicle, closer to the building. There was absolutely zero reason to park directly by me and my dog. This, friends, is a bad position to be in. I'm shielded from view of anyone at the building due to being on the passenger side of my car at the time, and this man just closed distance on me very quickly. His window was down, and he did not look right. The man appeared to be in his upper 40s with a dark, tanned, weathered complexion and dark hair. I stared straight at him, and honestly, his eyes were black, like a wild black. I've heard people describe on documentaries, podcasts, etc., how an assailant's eyes seemed dark and evil, but I can't actually say I'd ever seen anyone like that. Even previously as a police officer, when I arrested a really terrible person or something, This guy's eyes, though, were indeed black and not normal. They looked dead. He also looked dirty, as if he hadn't showered in a while, but was wearing a clean, crisp, basic white t-shirt. 
It just didn't fit. Honestly, the first thought that came to mind was human trafficking. Seriously, it would be the perfect spot to snag someone seemingly solo. And if you're not familiar, human trafficking isn't something rare that happens near our southern borders. It happens all over, even in your own cushy suburb. Learn about it. There are a lot of victims out there that need help. Don't believe it can't happen to you or someone you know. So he leaned in towards his center console as he parked, noticing how intently I was focused on him, and gave me a very forced, like overly excited smile. Unnatural, really. In my opinion, it was an attempt to disarm himself, seem friendly. At this point, Marshall hadn't had any water, and he too was focused on this vehicle suddenly being on top of us. I wanted out of this bad position and tossed the bowl, water and all, (laughs) onto the floorboard of my front seat. I closed that door and moved Marshall towards the back passenger door to quickly put him in the vehicle. He'd be fine without a sip of water. As I moved, this man started talking on the phone. At least he was pretending to talk on the phone. Hey, where are you at? He said out loud. Oh, you're at the other one? I thought you were at the one you were at yesterday. Want me to pick you up? Except these phrases were strung together so quickly and back-to-back that had there been a person on the other line, there would have been zero chance they'd have time to talk and say anything this man could now be responding to. It wasn't a real call. Also, what was he referring to, the other one? Rest area? I was at the southbound location. There was a northbound one also. Why would he be picking someone up from a rest area? You need a car to get there. And why would you be at a rest area two days in a row? If this was a real call, it wasn't. Well, let's say it was. Was he a pimp? Was he speaking to a prostitute? I mean, that would indeed be in the realm of a sex crime then. It seemed fishy. He kept his eyes trained on me as I moved, and I kept him in the side of my vision as I tried to convince Marshall to jump into the back seat. Marshall didn't like this guy and had his back to my vehicle, posted up and tense. Get in the fucking car, Marshall, please, I said low, and thankfully, he jumped up. I closed the door, quickly reached into that back pouch on my crossbody bag, and locked the car. If the guy were to jump out now, once the dog was secure, Marshall would be safe, and I could create distance by fucking running. (laughs) I moved behind my car, walking backwards to keep my eyes on the man, and opened just the front driver's door to get in my vehicle. On my remote, when you hit lock, it locks all four doors. And then the trunk also, obviously. The first time you hit unlock, it opens just the driver's door. Hit it again, and the remaining doors unlock. I love this, and I've used this many times to make sure no one can jump in any other doors while I'm entering my vehicle. So I just hit lock and then hit unlock once to enter the driver's door. As I started my car and reversed, I saw the man's hand was now on the interior handle of the car as if to open it. He had dropped the phone and he suddenly looked angry, like wild mad with his eyes still trained on me. I drove away and back out onto the highway. I felt like he was pissed he missed a chance that I was able to remove myself from the area suddenly. Now, of course, you may not see issue with this and would argue it was just someone parking. Not having been there, I can see that. But it wasn't a good situation. 
I wasn't safe, and I believe I avoided an attack or crime being committed against me. A sick feeling was in my gut the whole time, and my surroundings had suddenly and negatively changed. Time to fucking go. Let's talk about why I was a good target in this situation. Younger-ish, female, alone, parked away from other people near a wooded area. I had a purse on, which I still wouldn't change wearing, but it is a risk. My hands were full with Marshall's leash and the collapsible water bowl, and you could likely see my computer bag in the front seat as you approached because my car door was open. What he wasn't expecting was that I was being vigilant, that I got his description right away and didn't fall for his attempts to make me think he was just a guy parking, maybe wanted to say hi to my dog, was just chatting away on the phone, actually there to meet someone. He didn't expect I would notice how he closed distance on me suddenly, was trained on me, and that I would say fuck it to what I was currently doing and leave immediately. It might not just have been that man in the vehicle either. There was no front passenger. I could see that through his open window. But the rest of the windows were tinted, and other people could duck down in the back. I know how to fight. I've had training and experience. But... What if there were three men that jumped out? Despite being a psycho, scrappy bitch if needed, I can't take on three guys. Two steps and they'd be on me. I was safe, though. I got home safe. And I can't tell you exactly what would have happened. Thankfully, there isn't any more to the story to tell. I don't want to know. We don't want that outcome. But I wanted to share this as a reminder. To be aware of your surroundings at all times. Know who is near or about to be near you. Pay attention to vehicle descriptions, people's descriptions. Evaluate how you might be vulnerable or an easy target. Listen to your gut when it tells you something is off. Act. You are your best resource. Use your senses, your experiences, and your available tools to help yourself. It could save your life or save you from a terrible, life-changing experience. Obviously, I put myself in a more isolated section of the parking lot. That's on me, and I need to park closer. I'll correct that moving forward. And Ryan didn't know I stopped at that rest area. I'm very independent and didn't think of needing to for such a quick and familiar stop. But that would have worked against me. If something had happened... I never returned home, and he couldn't get a hold of me. He wouldn't know where to begin to look and wouldn't know for a few more hours until I was expected home. So I'm going to make it a better habit now to message him when I get on and off the highway and leave some fucking breadcrumbs. Seriously, get that book I was talking about, The Gift of Fear. It has many stories in it, just like this one, where people pushed away the little details about a situation that could have given them a warning. Hopefully, you pulled a nugget of information from my experience. I mean, I learned from it also. I replayed it in my head as I drove home, evaluating what I did right, did wrong, and what felt so off to learn. I'm grateful it all worked out okay, and Marshall and I were both safe. So that is what happened. Thank you for listening. As I shared, I promise I'll take it back to lighter content in our next episode, I just really felt it was important to detail and could be helpful to you. I will be back with you in 
two weeks. In the meantime, look for my upcoming blog post. Check out the Bang a New website if you haven't already. Join a course. Do all the things, okay? So talk soon, friend, and be safe. To learn more about me, your host, and the Rogan Reason podcast, visit www.lauraswanseekman.com slash podcast and follow along on Instagram at Rogue Reason Podcast.